Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Voice in the Pen podcast. Emily and I are stoked today to be having Courtney Lynn and Quinn on the podcast as guests. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about how you found the Voice in the Pen, because I can't remember if you found us or if we found you or how that exactly worked out. I think Emily found us. Jason Jackson. That's right. Jason Jackson. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. He's the one who... And he connected us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you guys he, had just moved here. We had just moved here, and I was like, hey, I know you're a part of the scene, so like, can you help me out, Like, introduce me to some folks? And he was like, yeah, you need to meet Emily. They do Voice and Pen. Like, you guys would do great on that, especially with original stuff. And so... I think he told you, and then you Instagram messaged us and said, like, hey, are you guys available to state? And then we came and did our first show with you mm-hmm. guys. So, yep. And I was, like, really excited to be a part of it because I think it's such a cool concept. I love what you guys are doing with the show. Well, thank, mm-hmm. you. Yeah. thank you. And we yeah. love what y'all are doing with oh, your music. Thanks. So <laughs> what is, what's happening musically for you right now? Um, um, we are, we're, we're in, I feel like, a very unique um, phase of life and and with music where we have all this time and energy to really dedicate into trying to get to kind of the next step and so we're um, we're going to be going to Nashville awesome. in a couple weeks to record yeah. some like New four tracks. songs yeah four songs and we're just trying really hard to make the right connections I mean we're just really putting ourselves out there and introducing ourselves and talking about our music and all the things that feel really uncomfortable yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to be like vulnerable and humble and also like confident confident at the same time. it's like you know, it's like this balance of like you have to believe in yourself obviously or you can't get that far but you also like obviously we have room to grow and expand and learn and then it's like but i want to get there you know yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's this whole like roller coaster of emotions but we're really excited just to give it an, the opportunity, a chance, and see like what where it takes us, you know. So when will you be in Nashville? We actually leave on March thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have new music recorded in Nashville to look forward to from Courtney. Yeah. 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 I think I think that it should be mixed and mastered and ready to go by beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hoping. Where hoping. are you guys gonna be recording in there? Um, there's a studio called Off the Row Studios, and. Okay. Um, it was kind of cool. They found us on Instagram. They like followed us, and then um, the Aaron who reached out to us was basically like, "I just saw you on Instagram, and I just fell in love with like your personalities, and also like your songs and your harmonies, and I just felt like I had to reach out to you guys." And I was like, "Well, that's cool, you know." Yeah, so yeah, I don't that's know. Awesome. So, we're so it excited. sounds like yeah. the whole thing of being authentic and being confident and also loving what you do and express is working for you then, you know, if the Hopefully, national yeah. studios are reaching <laughs> yeah, out to you, yeah. that's a good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. being goofy. Yeah. I watch, I see your reels. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Your goofy reels. No goofiness yeah. out here. That's though. the authentic. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm, I'm truly a goober at heart. So. Can't relate. <laughs> all day, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. The yeah. content from Quinn is endless. Like I have to, we have to like plan things for me to be on camera. Quinn, I'm just like, I could just hold a camera up to you any day, all day, and, like, I'm going to get, like, six videos out of this. <laughs> it's just mess all the time. Nice. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I'm just weird. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're involved in music in any way on some level, you're weird. Like, yeah. you have to be. I, think yeah. way, like, I just had this conversation with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> what, um, so, on that note, what on earth encouraged you to pick up a guitar specifically in 
start writing your own songs and expressing those, like, you know, and thinking that was a good idea. Because I ask myself yeah. that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why was this a good idea? I mean, I still think it's a good idea, but like, you know, there's that whole conversation you have with yourself about doing that. So yeah. what was that like? You know, I know a lot of people who come from musical families or like have this very specific story of how they became inspired to pursue the arts in some way or the other. I really didn't have that. My, I, there are no musicians in my family. But from the time I can remember, I wanted to be a singer. I mean, one of my earliest memories is my mom asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like three years old in the bathtub. And I was like, I want to be a singer. Like, okay. I don't even know what that means yet. But I always loved music. And um, I, as soon as I could, I joined my school's show choir. And I did that for, you know, throughout high school. But there came a point when I was like, getting into high school where I really wanted an instrument because I love storytelling and I loved the idea of writing songs. And I caught myself always listening to lyrics. Like the, the songwriting portion of music for me is the thing that I love the most. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted some kind of way to facilitate doing that for myself. And so I tried every instrument. I mean, there was like years where I was like, can I get a piano? And then I would try and I'm like, I can't play piano. Like, can I have a harmonica? I'd get a harmonica. I'm like, I can't play harmonica. So I do this with instrument after instrument until finally I asked for a guitar. And I it just clicked for me. I picked it up. My stepbrother taught me to play uh, Sweet Home Alabama. the chords to Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> I learned it that night. I learned it enough to play it and sing it, which now looking back on it, I'm like, that really is, I think, just a, a natural aptitude for guitar for some reason. And I wrote a song to those chords that night mm -hmm. and then practiced it all night long for like hours and hours and hours. And then the next day I woke up and I really had it in my body. And I was like, wow, I just, I mean, at the time I was just like, that was fun. I like guitar. But now looking back, I'm like, that's insane. Like I've tried to teach other people to play. And I don't know anybody who's picked up guitar, learned three chords and written a song. And I'm not saying that in a way that like, I'm I don't think I'm an amazing guitar player. I think I, I can play guitar well enough to write songs for myself. But it really just clicked and mm -hmm for me and I've loved it. I've loved it ever since. So, yeah. And then when, uh, when we met, she was just like a bedroom journal singer songwriter. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. she was not doing, and I was not like, performing. I was like, are you insane? <laughs> like if I had a lick of that talent in my pinky, I would be trying to be on the stage, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just I, never really had an, an interest in a pull towards the stage at all. Performing mm -hmm. in public. Yeah, performing yeah. at any level. I was fully, perfectly fine writing songs that my me and myself would listen to and hear because did that's you, really what it was about for me yeah did you feel like you wanted to like put it out there though like aside from you know i don't necessarily want to perform did you feel like you wanted to record the songs and put them out there in any way or you just i was like that would be cool but i had no motivation to to, to do it. it i was really like happy with what i was doing which is just like i mean really it was a way of journaling for me so I would have a life experience and then turn it into a song and then feel better. And then <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, so you sounds like you're kind of going down the prolific track. Like you've written a lot. Um, if it's part of your journaling and part of your processing. You know, some yeah. people, they write a song. And, and that's one of the things we love to talk about on the show is sort of the process that works for people. And different people have different processes. Some overlap. Some work better than others. But So you've probably written a lot of songs. Do you have a guess on the number? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, in my life, like yeah, hundreds, yeah, yeah. I hundreds. don't know. That's, yeah. that's kind yeah. of what I was figuring. Because you know, yeah. I think there are a lot of songwriters that that is how they get started, is it's them in their room processing something, and then somebody comes along and hears it, and they're like, 
why are you in your room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I basically like <laughs> kicked her on the stage. I was like, yeah. you're going to sing. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. Well, <laughs> how long have you been performing then? So that's the next question um, that comes to mind The soon as she came out of the womb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. no, yeah. I'm going to tell the story. Her mom uh, always jokes that she came out face first and she was like already ready to perform. Just like, hello. <laughs> no, I really was born brow, which is what that is. Like your face is like this instead of like your head down. Mm-hmm. And so my mom likes to joke that she was like shining for the world already <laughs> I came out of them. Yeah, but no, for real, I did start dancing when I was like two and a half and then fell in love with just performing. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's, it's more like, I think we make a really good team because she's definitely she, have a yin and yang thing going. Yeah. She's like really great about, you know, the, the songwriting and the, the musicality and, and I have a good hear like a good ear for all that stuff and like production side of it. So mm-hmm. I can kind of like help adjust or rearrange or something, you know, to make a song more dynamic. But then the performance side of it is like really where I love to be. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like inspire her to be a little bit more like outgoing on stage and she inspires me more to like kind of learn the background stuff mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. write a little more and yeah produce a little more so do you co-write now you write together we do sometimes a lot of for the majority of like our start courtney was writing a lot of songs because like she said it was like therapeutic so she would just i I would leave her alone for two hours i'd be gone and then i'd come back and she'd be like i wrote a new song and i'd be like what (laughs) you know (laughs) and then it would be like a whole song and i was like okay so let's figure out parts and rearrange it and you know whatever um but we've written a couple of songs together Mm -hmm. i wrote some of fire yeah, I was going to say, you talked about that uh, yeah. on Voice in the Pen, I think. Yeah, you yeah. The so, story yeah. about mm-hmm. you were going to write the second verse, and you wrote the first verse. Yeah. I think that's how, how it went. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, like, with our our last single, Reminiscing, I wrote the uh, chorus part of it. She wrote the rest of the entire song on that one, but I wrote the chorus. So, like, we work together, we team up, and yeah. she does majority of it, though. i got to mm-hmm. give her credit. She's mm-hmm. the... I don't know if it's credit or if it's, like, I'm kind of neurotically possessive. Because I think because of how I started as a writer where it's like this is for me this is like my way of getting my like feelings and emotions out and performance and all that stuff can became secondary for me like that's something I'm learning now is how to loosen the reins a little bit and it's not ever that I thought my product is the best product it's just that it's mine and so letting someone like rewrite your life is almost what it felt like in the beginning so I've I really had to try to like okay, I can write a song that doesn't have to be personal. I can write a song with other people. I can allow other people to, like, create something with me and, like, have this collective piece. And But it's still hard. Mm-hmm. It is still hard for yeah. me. It is hard. I feel like the first time I started co-writing, and we've done some co-writing together. Um, but haven't, We haven't finished a song yet. We've tried a couple <laughs> of times. <laughs> so we got one that's real close. We've done pretty well. <laughs> we've, done but pretty well. <laughs> we've done pretty well writing together. But, yeah. but I remember the first person I tried to co-write with and I, I, you know, it was like the same thing you're saying is like, it's like, you feel like it's personal cause you wrote this. And it's like, for me, I'm like, if I write certain lines, I'm like, those lines were there for a reason. And I don't want to like mess it up with like the wrong thing. <laughs> right, right. Right. And then like this guy who had been teaching me some guitar, like started like sending me these lines. And I was just like, that's not what the song is at all. No, yeah, you're not even, you're not even interpreting like, it. Right. This isn't going to work. Yeah. I yeah. Can't right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough. It's tough. I, I am, I, I am happy though. This year I wrote, I actually wrote a song. I should say co-wrote cause I wrote the words and then, um, Matt and Allie from striking copper actually Matt wrote the melody line and the guitar part. And helped me kind of build a song, but it was for our anniversary. So I really love the song. Like, I love how it turned out. Matt and Allie did a fantastic job helping me with it. Um, 
and uh, I can't wait to get that like laid down eventually. Yeah. Um, but I was proud of myself. I was like, oh yeah, I like co-wrote a song with someone, like a re- like a full song, not just like a portion of a song. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. So I was thinking, Courtney Lynn, who is the first songwriter that you can remember whose lyrics like really grabbed you and you're like oh my gosh this is like what it's about i i really loved tracy chapman when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um but i don't know that i really appreciated the lyrics fully this is a kind of a not a big name but one of the first um artists who i really really thought was an amazing lyricist was brett Dennen. yeah Mm. oh yeah and he has this song about um Oh my gosh, it's like I'm blank. I would know every word of it if it came on. But it's There's no reason. Ain't no reason. Yeah. yeah. Ain't no reason. And I was like, man, that is just such a it it paints such a vivid picture. There's all these like really great analogies. You can really like close your eyes and see this whole song play out in front of you. And I was like, wow, oh, I wanna write something like that. And uh actually that song was one of the kind of a little bit of inspiration behind the song Change that Oh, I, really? I don't think I've ever been told never you that. Told me that yeah. oh, wow. That's Things cool. coming out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you? How has songwriting been woven in and out of the fabric of your life? I just love music in general. I mean, I started as a dancer, so from and my mom was a singer. When I was like growing up, my mom, she loves to sing. She'd always loved to sing. She was in a couple of bands and you know, did the thing and then had a family and sort of kind of put it to the wayside, but she's always loved singing. And so like we would go to these dance competitions and the whole time we were driving, you know, like the six hours to Atlanta or down to Florida for these dance competitions, we were playing every type of song you can think of from like R&B to soul to Motown to country to rock. To, and we were just singing my mom and I at the top of our lungs. And so for me, it was just like I instantly loved just the way I felt when I when I was doing, the, mm-hmm. you know, singing or performing in any type of way. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think you have those car rides to think for your ability to pick up a harmony. I really do, yeah. Well, I, just my mom in general, because my mom would always do, we would be in the car and she, the song would be on and she would always sing a harmony. Mm-hmm. Instead of singing the melody, she would always sing a harmony. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, it's called a harmony. And then I would start trying <laughs> to do it too. And like my whole life, I just like really have always loved harmony parts and definitely thank uh, her for that harmony makes the music go round. i mean it really oh my gosh, it does. It's like so it's such a, it can it can change the dynamics of everything having mm-hmm. great harmonies so yeah i can totally appreciate it. and that's one of the things i think we probably both love about you all's music is yeah. listening to your voices work mm-hmm. together and a lot of times you know and tk is the, the person that can like scientifically explain this but like when you have correct harmonies you actually create a third voice the way that the frequencies yeah. interact with each other and it's very noticeable mm. when you all sing together oh, oh so. thank you yeah. yeah thank you so much yeah, yeah. So it's, like, oh, sorry. Go no, on. no. Sorry. I, was, I was just going to say, so for like, as far as songwriting, I didn't really think much about songwriting until I was older. And then I started writing words. I've never played an instrument. So for me, I would just like go in my bedroom and write words. And it was sort of a similar thing as far as like, it was about personal things that were happening. So more like poetry, like journaling poetry. Mm-hmm. And then I would find people and say like, hey, do you think we could turn this into a song? Mm-hmm. That's all that I've ever been able to like offer. But I'm learning piano, so cool. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm learning piano because I want to get. She better played at it. a song for me the other day for the first time on piano, and I cried. Oh, oh like full on. She's just, making it sound like it's way better than it was. She's just, no. she just loves me. Okay, That's, of course. But also, I I just think like as an adult, 
to pick up and try something new and really push yourself and, and put in the time and the work it takes to learn, especially an instrument. Mm -hmm. And to, it, you were doing it and like we were like singing over the chords and stuff and I was like, just like, <laughs> I want to be your champion. I thought that was amazing. Was I'm sweet. really, really proud of you. Awesome. It is sweetest. hard. Yeah. Cool. It's hard to put that time in and find, <sighs> I mean, it is like you talked about picking up other instruments. Like I want, I want to do the same, but I'm like, but you know, I'll be like, I want to play a different instrument and then I'll be like, but I want to be better on guitar still too. So like, what do I devote that time to? Right? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, as an as an adult, we don't have as much time as we want. Yeah, no, to I can totally relate to that. And you said something earlier that made me think of the same thing when you're talking about how the next day that song is really in your body. Yeah, you know. And so for me, I'm not really comfortable performing anything unless it's in my body. Right. And the only way to get into my body is hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Know, it's just time, time, yeah. time. You know, of, of kind of pushing in, in and absorbing it so that you can really, I think, authentically express it. Like, really, not yeah. just the words, but, like, the phrasing and the emotion. Be and, the, and the feeling behind yeah. it, too. It. Yeah. 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 Have so, you ever noticed how, if you sleep on it, you wake up the next day and, like, you can do it way better? Mm -hmm. yes. there, there's got to be something going on there while you sleep right. where you are getting, like, that that stuff is going into another part of your brain. Because I've, I've worked on stuff on guitar for hours and hours before I go to bed and then I'll wake up the next day and it just works. I'm like, just from yeah. sleeping on it. Yeah. I've read about that being something where it's, it's, I mean, it's not osmosis obviously, but it's like you practice and then exactly what you said. It's like right before bed and then you wake up and you're like, you go back to it and, and you're like, like, well, that's so much easier today. Yeah. yeah. It makes me want to yeah. start yeah. like practicing hard things right before I go to sleep. Yeah. 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 There was a study that was done a long time ago, like a psychological study where they took, three groups of people and none of them knew anything about basketball and they took one group and taught them how to shoot free throws and they practiced all the time they took the other group and they sat in the bleachers while the first group was practicing and just visualized what was happening and then they took the third group and didn't do anything with them and they shot free throws went through some weeks of doing these things and then came back and they found that the people that sat in the bleachers and visualized it had almost the same success rate as the people that were actually practicing. Weird. Yeah, so super weird. So it's not to discount the importance of practicing, but I think it's to accent to me the importance of like what also goes on in your mind when you're focusing on something. Yeah. And so I totally can relate to that. Like if I'm working really hard on a specific guitar thing, a lot of times if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming about playing it. <laughs> or I wake up singing it in the morning yeah. Yeah. like pop up singing the melody line that I was playing and then yeah. I'm like, oh, how did that get in there? Mm -hmm. But it is that getting it into your body. So that said, is there a, a method that has worked kind of tried and true for you, or do you are you all over the place? Is it lyric first, then music? Is it music first, then lyric? Um, <laughs> so one thing I've learned about myself in the last couple of years is that I have OCD. And so I really didn't know that. And, and it, like, I make a joke about it a lot, and I don't think that I have, like, a, it's not like I'm checking, you know, door handles or washing my hands 37 times a day but I have a lot of like compulsive and obsessive thinking and like patterns and routines and stuff mm -hmm. that like has gotten in the way of my life that I really didn't even notice until Quinn was like well I wouldn't the uh, therapist told me that once I was like oh really and then Quinn was like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad we're talking about this <laughs> You refold my towels. <laughs> now that you mention every it. time. It's like, it's like someone who doesn't care that much wouldn't take the time out of their day to refold them. 
Yeah. So having said that, I have a very specific way of writing songs. And I think that's part of the reason why writing with other people is hard for me because I have this like structure and pattern that I follow every time exactly the same way. I will find, I'll pick up my guitar, I'll find a, a chord progression that I like, and then I'll start humming over it and I'll find a, um, like a melody that I think sounds good over that guitar progression. And then I'll hum out the verse and I'll hum out a chorus. And then I'll start trying to throw in words, but it's usually a gibberish. And mm -hmm. that, that part's like really embarrassing for me to have anyone else see because it is nonsense and terrible lyrics. It's just, I'm just trying to find the placement of words. And then the last thing I'll do is come in through that and write the lyrics to the song. I'll kind of have an idea of what I want to write about before I start that whole process. But mm -hmm. the, the last thing is lyrics. I love that. And that's definitely a, pro like a process that I've heard before. It's one that I'm, I'm personally starting to use a little bit more. Um, but I think that it's like you're setting this intention, like you have this mood mm -hmm. that you're going into this writing session with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think especially when you, when you play an instrument, you played an instrument for a long time, you know, your mood comes out in the vibrations that the guitar creates. Like mm -hmm. if you're sad, you're going to play the guitar differently than if you're angry or than mm. if you're happy or yeah. than if you're like, I'm just jamming out, like whatever the case happens to be. So I think that's a really beautiful and pure way of, you know, really like becoming this conduit, I think of it, because a lot of the best lyrics to me seem to come out of the ether. I look at stuff that I've written sometimes, I'm like, I did not write that. Right. I've no <laughs> gone back and looked at like some of my uh, like journal books that I've written in and I'm like, did I really write that? Well, that's pretty poignant. Like, wow. Not bad. This is kind of an out there thought, but I've always really liked this story. There's a, an author, her name's Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Mm -hmm. And um, she was being interviewed once and talking about the concept of, of ideas and how she comes up with ideas for stories and books. And she said, I have this idea for a book and I, you know, I sat on it for a long time. I kept telling myself, like, I'm going to write this book. And then something would come up. And then a year later, I'd be like, I'm going to write this book. And listen, this is the story is a little silly, but it's what she said happened. So she's like, I, I'm, I go to this New Year's Eve party and there's a bunch of other writers there. And one writer in particular, like her and I were friends and the ball drops and they kissed uh, just kind of jokingly at New Year's. And she said six months later, she called me up and she was like, you know, I have this idea for a book. And it was like the, the book idea Elizabeth Gilbert had had for the, all those years. Like identical to it. And she had already started writing it, this other person. And so she kind of talked about the idea of ideas and how they're almost their own entities that kind of like Transfer. float around and look for a conduit, look for a person. And so when, because Elizabeth Gilbert wasn't writing that book, it's like the oh. idea found another... <laughs> Totally. Conduit, you know? Totally into it. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. We actually yeah. talked about that on a previous podcast. So uh, there's a songwriter I really admire and respect named B.J. Barham of American mm -hmm. Aquarium from Yeah, Raleigh. you were just talking about him. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I was backstage with him when he was here last time in Wilmington. My wife got me backstage passes, which are really pre-show front of stage passes is right. what it actually works out at, at the Brooklyn Arts Center. But somebody asked him about his songwriting process, and I won't go through the whole thing, but one of the things he specifically said was that, you know, when he gets an idea, whatever it is, he could, wherever he is, he writes it down. 
text it to himself, voice recording, whatever it is, because his feeling is that when an idea for a song comes to you, if you don't grab it and do something with it, it moves to somebody else. Yeah. There's yeah. another songwriter that is going to receive that inspiration and, and also work with it. I so. can believe that. For and sure. and I think it's probably more it. than one. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there are only 12 notes. So, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, completely stuff that I believe in, too. I'm like, but hearing it again is like and hearing i don't i don't know if you told me that story that's yeah. really cool yeah. yeah i think it's bizarre but i definitely can see that being like something that occurs i think there's often. a reason why there are people in multiple different you know facets, facets. of creativity yeah. who are kind of getting at the same idea yeah. yeah and i've felt that before and i don't know that i think every single idea like sometimes i'll sit down to write a song and it i can feel myself trying really mm -hmm. really trying to come yeah. up and create something and i think you know that's probably me sitting there trying to come up with and create something. I've had other moments, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this as songwriters, where it's like you can't write as fast as the the, the lyrics or the melody or whatever it is wants to come out of yep. you. I've written a song in 25 minutes before, and I get done, and I'm like, you know? <laughs> I don't even feel like that was me. I feel like I just got like possessed something took by over like my body. creativity, yeah. like spirit. It was like, let me get this out real quick. No, but yeah. I, I think yeah. that's. A Totally true because I think so. So many the more creative people that I talk to, and this is whether it's songwriter or storyteller or visual artist, it doesn't matter. I think there is a lot of leaning in that direction of understanding our own creative processes. Mm -hmm. You know that it's not you can't really attribute it in a way to yourself. I think I keep finding value in the grind, in the work. Mm. You know because it's like oh, you know I'm forcing my mind to think in rhyme. I'm forcing my mind to think in, in syllables, you know, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and structure and context. But, you know, then when I'm out mowing the grass, I'm like, <gasps> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, no. I, it's always in my car for me. Like, I'll be driving and all of a sudden I'll be like, I have a whole melody line. I don't know how to play an instrument. How do I do this? That's why yeah. Quinn has 47,000 memos on her. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I literally Grab do. Yeah. So many. Voice memos? Yeah, just so many. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll go through them and be like, oh, this one, actually, I think we could work on. Well, so but, for what yeah. it's worth, back to the B.J. Barham songwriting method, he keeps everything that he writes. And yeah. he writes during specific times of the day, but not necessarily songs. And he's not out to write songs. And then he said about every two years, he takes his collection of journals, all of his notes and stuff, and goes away and writes an album. Wow. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's cool. Like, but for me, I'm not right. You know, I need to put more music out than every two years. Like, I don't, right. need, you know, yeah. so. But mm -hmm. I, the thing I took away from it is keep everything you write and review it regularly. And yeah. then play the Tetris. Yeah. Thing, well, know, it's almost, it it's almost like it reminds me of this book that I like am obsessed with called The Artist's Way. Okay. I have never finished the whole. I've gone through the three book. part series. Yeah. There's like a three part series. And okay. I have that one that has all three of the books in it. But The Artist's Way talks about how like if you just they call it morning pages. Mm -hmm. If you just write free write like no no conscious brain, like just free write every morning, like two to three pages until the free writing session ends for you. And then you go back and you review that. The things that come out of your like subconscious mind are almost incredible. Mm -hmm. And so I got into a pattern of that a long time ago when I lived in L.A. And then I, you know, life got busy and I got <laughs> out of it. But I recently was telling her, like, I really want to get back into that pattern because there are words that I found from that part of my life where I was like, wow. That's really cool, actually. Like, I feel like that would be really cool to, like, somehow Good fit. Good job, me. Yeah. You're so smart. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really that smart. I think 
something else was happening, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I can totally relate to that. Some of the most creative and productive times have been when I was doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and then, yeah. like, reading and reviewing things that I've written. I was like, oh, holy smokes. And then, you know, then I can't get out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so maybe this should be, we should have, like, a little accountability pack yeah, that we're going to get up and yeah. write. I think we've talked about this recently, I don't recently know if I want to reread what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what period of my life you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think as, a, as an adult, we are so, and especially in today's age, we're so inundated with um, just too much information, just information (laughs) overload all day long. It's like you wake up, you're talking, you're thinking, you're moving, you're like, you have a to-do list that's 50 pages long. You get in the car and the radio's on and the TV's on and the news and like social media and all this stuff. It's like all this information is taking up this like physical space in your brain. Mm -hmm. And there's no space for your, your subconscious to come out. There's no space for you to, to, to like create ideas and feel, um, free from all that to actually do something. And so I think the reason why I like the idea of morning pages is because it's like the first thing you do when you wake up, you're taking a moment of silence to let yourself be creative Mm -hmm. with no pressure. And, and man, I feel like we could all benefit from oh my that God, practice. Yeah. Just to just allevi- pausing. <laughs> yeah, just to alleviate yourself a little bit. So it's even. like relieving. It's like um, releasing clutter from from your mind before you start your day. So yeah. it's like you right. kind of can, you know, write that out and then maybe maybe think a little bit less. You know, right. maybe have a little yeah. bit le- yeah. less have of a, that in there. Have a little more clarity, honestly. And like just yeah. like meditative yeah. too. So it's yeah. like meditation yeah. and. That was the most, I think that's the most powerful, like, writing. Like, my ideal morning, if I execute it, as I wake up, I have a very, like, light yoga meditation practice just yes. to wake my body up. Because right. it doesn't wake up as easily as it used to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, and then write for, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. you know, an hour or so. Yeah. Incense sticks are really helpful because they burn for about 30 minutes. So yeah, that's oh, perfect. Exactly that's a good I'm idea. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're not checking the clock. You're just like, my incense almost done. Well, and the, I think the cool thing about free writing, too, is that you can find different patterns of lyrics that you wouldn't. Because when you're trying to write lyrics, I think you're thinking a lot in, like, what you were saying, like, rhyme and Yeah, you're syllable, still confined to that structure. You're still confined to that structure because that's what you think, like, always should be done. But, yes, like, one of my favorite... Yeah lyricists and songwriters is Brandy Carlisle and a lot of times she's totally free of rhyme. Mm-hmm. Her song structure is totally free and like it's not like the normal, you know, verse, chorus, verse, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a whole free pattern, but I love it because it's so dynamic and different. Yeah, that's so Yeah. I I I love her. Me too. Like, oh my god. And there's another like, songwriter constantly too. on. Yeah. Oh, Brandy Carlisle <laughs> oh, all, all day every day. She's seriously like my hero. Phoebe Bridgers that you used to talk mm. about. It's oh. also super unstructured. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And you were, I remember, I remember talking to Emily about songwriting. She's like, I'm like definitely trying to absorb some of that. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. She's incredible. Flow, you know? Yeah. Like studying the different structures mm-hmm. and really paying attention to that. And that's something it's just like as musicians and songwriters, like I think that we realize like when we talk to people who don't do this, like how much we focus on those things um, or at least I do, and I mean, I'm I'm always like trying, kind of like look looking at the structure of things. But like Phoebe Bridgers is someone who I think really, really does a good job with such detail in her songs, and you hear some things that in her songs that you're like, I would never have put that in. There. Like, yeah, she has a line about like eating saltine crackers in a closet or something, and I'm like, what? what? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, but I, but I love it. But like, but, but you, yeah, but you know? it stood out, right? It's like, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I love songwriting like that, and so I think some of that free writing allows you to 
to do that mm-hmm. more yeah. often because you're like, oh, I could piece I could piece that together and make it work. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And even in free writing too, that doesn't mean you can't write in in rhyme. No, you can still write poetry. Not. You can yeah. still right, still exactly. Right. So, in addition to all this amazing songwriting knowledge that you all have, y'all are also very supportive of one of my favorite local organizations, which is Dreams. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you about that. You've played one benefit show for them with Striking Copper, mm-hmm. right? You got another one coming up. Yes, we yeah. do. We're, we're we're trying to make it an annual thing, so we are calling this one the second annual awesome. Dreams Benefit Concert or Dreams Come True Benefit Concert. Um, and we just, you know, honestly. When we met Striking Copper, we just, like, really vibed with that crew, great people, great humans. And they had, had kind of said, like, they wanted to do some kind of benefit show. And we were like, we we have been wanting to do that, too. Like, just to give back to the community, it's really important to us. We had moved here, and we were like, we want to become part of this community. We want to get back to this community. Like, that is something that's very important to Courtney and I. And so when they kind of brought that up, we were like, let's do it. Let's find a – let's find – something in Wilmington that we really both gravitate to and want to give back to and support. And when we found dreams, like we went and we did a tour, we walked around the building, we just instantly fell in love. I mean, the concept behind dreams is one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. I wish that every kid had access to something like this. I I think the best thing anyone could do if they're interested in learning more about dreams is to go and take a tour. And and they're so happy to do that with anybody who walks through the door, they'll give you a tour. And, I mean, just to give, you know, anybody who's unfamiliar an idea of what they do, this is a massive building that has a a huge variety of creative programs for kids. And it's open to any kid. Any any kid, I think it's like... So it's uh, uh, 8 to 17. 8 to 17. Yeah. Don't eight quote us exactly on that, but sure roughly those ages. Yeah. And it just it, anybody who signs up in time can be a part of that programming. And they have everything from... They have a photography darkroom. They have... Um, like a computer lab where, where kids can learn. Like um, Photoshop, social media Like the media back end planning. part of photography. Yeah. They do, they have a theater, of course. They, they have, have a full dance studio, which full is beautiful. Full dance studio. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, have great like. Stage. Yes, great oh, stage. They yep. have a, an art room where kids can like make, you know, do clay pottery, projects and pottery. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's like, it's endless. It's endless. And yeah. it's free. 100% free. It's an amazing program. There's it, another. They have, we actually also, through Kukaloris, another organization I'm involved with, we have a film festival that we create with them every year oh, as cool. well. So the kids plan the film festival. So, I mean, it, it legit is one of the best things happening in Wilmington for yeah. the arts. Yeah. Oh, my down. God. Everything Incredible. from music to film to theater to performance yeah. to dance to visual art, you name it, yeah. it's there. Yeah. But even above and beyond giving them a practical skill and a way to express themselves creatively, it's giving kids a safe space Mm -hmm. to be after school and I think that in a space where they can be you know influenced by positive people and their peers and I Mm -hmm. think that's you know it's just a good thing yes so we are doing the second annual dreams come true benefit concert this year um it will be uh striking copper and us putting it on again and then we're actually doing it at dreams this year okay so last year it was at the Brooklyn Mm Arts Center but this year we thought why not give people an understanding of what dreams is mm-hmm. bring them to the center itself and yeah. the cool thing about it is that the kids artwork will be on display mm-hmm. so people can buy their art if they want oh, to while awesome. they're there awesome. um it's going to be on may 13th the doors are at six i think the show starts at six thirty, and you know it will be probably until like 9 nine thirty or something like that that's awesome but uh we've got some great sponsors i'm not listing them off yet because they're not finalized but we do have some good people behind us, and good. we're excited to to support Dreams again this year. Well, thank awesome. you for that, for having that kind of 
input back into the artistic mm, community. Here. Yeah. You know, that's an important thing, you know, for Thank kids you. to have exposure to the arts. Yeah. So that's super oh, yeah. cool. It oh. feels feels good to us too. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention too, you can get tickets. So if you want to go get tickets, like pre tickets or whatever, or you can just donate. Mm-hmm. It that's always helpful too. You can go to give to dreams.org and the event bright link is linked to their page. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So. Perfect. Perfect. I think we're going to hear you guys play some music soon, too. Yeah. Are right. y'all ready? I yeah. guess so. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that we should chat about before we, we go to that? No, no. we usually no. talk too much. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> awesome. We did this our worst. It's been super fun. And I, I think that's actually what's been going through my mind after having done this for a few weeks in a row now is being a songwriter, how rejuvenating and refreshing it is to sit in a room with other songwriters and have a conversation about how we approach our craft, you know, and so really thank you for participating in this because this is what we're about at the voice in the pen is promoting, encouraging, empowering local music to kind of rise up and be present and express itself. And so thank you. Well, thank thank you you so much for doing this. I mean, yeah, like you guys are local artists yourself, so you know how important it is for local artists to have a voice and, we couldn't do that without things like this, the voice in the pen. So thank you yeah, for, for putting that together. It's awesome. I, we I think we'll hug it out after this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll hug, we can't hug with these microphones. Look out for the mics, though. Yeah, the, yeah. the ideas will start bouncing in between us. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Now we all should sit down and co-write right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, on to the music. All right. Always thought of you as home 
Thank you. Oh, I'm really not used to seeing, uh, not standing up. I know, it's weird, right? <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's harder. There's an older solo version, yeah. yeah. It's still not recording. <laughs> 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 you were like, wait, what? <laughs> Push the button, TK. <laughs> the big red one, you can't miss it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Looks like your thumb. Next. Mm, I forgot to film this like background footage for ourselves. Oh man, we suck at that. I think I they got some videos maybe, yeah. right? Well you mind do you mind sharing yeah. this for us? I'm for doing the stills piece for the video. Okay. For social yeah, social okay. media. Okay. Yeah, awesome. All right. <clears throat> Fire. You ready? Yeah. Catch my breath, my hands are shaking for you. It's not a first time, it's not a last time, baby. I can't control myself, you're my favorite pursuit. Never gonna give it up, make me feel Never gonna give it up, fight 
Make me feel fine